Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. I am your host, Ross Boland, joined today by Baceris Targaryen, also known as Barrett Dudley. Hey! Hey! We're here today to discuss the Black Council. The Black Aha! It's the sister story. It is. You were last right. week's you episode. You, you called this. You called this, actually. As uh, Sapochnik puts it. Yeah, I did kind of call it you by said, accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green suit today, Barrett. Ah, because, green suit, because you're um, you're aligning yourself with the Greens officially. No, just that last week during the <laughs> Green Council, I was in all black, so I reversed them. Okay, all right. And But I added the eye patch yeah, right, for the right. audience today as well, the pirate eye patch, yeah. um, which was actually also planned before I watched the episode, Okay, and, and plays really, really well considering how things went. Well, incidentally, uh, by wearing a suit and an eye patch, you, you've also just knocked out your Halloween costume, your Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> Texas, Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw. You're not wrong. I'm looking at myself now on the camera, and it, it does just look like Dan Crenshaw's here podcasting about House of the Dragon. So that's interesting. Yeah, now I've never seen him with like a skull and crossbones on, on, his, uh, on his eye patch, but I bet you it has one. You what know? a tool. Like in his, in his bag of, in his bag of eye patch, his only, box. Only true badass pirate lovers can pull this off. That's true, that's true. I will so... note it's already giving me a headache, so I'm not sure how long <laughs> this thing will last on my face, but I'm trying my well, best. Well, as we saw in this episode, even Eamon, he doesn't like to keep that thing on. That's right. It, you know what I mean? Even like, he takes it off. He, he likes to take it off and show off. What um what what has to be just the dopest bling I've seen in all of Westeros? That is, thing is, is that tight. A, is that a diamond? I, it, it might be some kind of blue sapphire. Blue sapphire. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's, it's beautiful. It, it, it's it beautiful, is. baby. Oh, it gets yeah. the people going. It does. It's provocative. You ready to dive into this thing? Let's do. Let's let's do it. Let's dive, baby. The tenth and final episode of the first season of House of the Dragon. We start off looking at uh, the table in Dragonstone, and this thing has been updated. I would note. To be glow in the dark, it uh, you've got some coals going underneath it. Turns out nobody passed this knowledge on to the Game of Thrones generation, but you can light up the Dragonstone table with orange embers. Yeah, it's very very cool. It um, is. I love I, this. Yeah, I, 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 shame nobody told the uh, it future really, generations. It, seriously, really, really is. By the way, speaking of the big map, mm-hmm. Driftmark never gets mentioned in Game of Thrones, does it? Yeah, because the Driftmark throne. And the Driftwood Throne have been talked about a lot as have far they? as as far as Lucerus. Like, and are we his... sure Driftmark's not just the Iron Isles? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been a big part of the season. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Yeah. No, I know it's been talked. Wait, what are you talking about? Corliss is always telling Lucerus he's inheriting the Driftmark. Yeah. No, I know. I'm saying Driftmark was is never mentioned in the series Game of Thrones. Oh. Um. Maybe very very briefly, like, like it an seems off-hand like a big com- ass like, deal. Is yeah. What yeah. I'm yeah. Saying. Absolutely. I get you now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I we, do not and think and it was I, really talked about much in Game of Thrones before. You know, uh, House of the Dragon here. So I'm just wondering what happens. As I'm wondering what happens to like the knowledge about the embers, just slide them under the table. Yeah. How does nobody even try? You don't look on. You don't like. You know. You're like, look. Wait. Well, hey, what is this? Uh, somebody like. You know. I don't know. Accidentally throws a torch in there. Puts a little candle. He's like, <laughs> oh wait. Oh. Oh. Like so you'd think somebody would figure that shit out. Right? Yeah. You would think. But uh, but but who knows? And and we digress. But yeah. The the uh, the glow and the the glow up 
for the uh, for the table there. Very, very cool. Very awesome. A literal um, glow up. A nice spectacle. Rhaenyra and Lucerius have a talk around the table. He doesn't want to be Lord of the Tides. He doesn't want it. I like Jon Snow. Don't want it. Doesn't want Driftmark. And uh, Rhaenyra tells him, look, man, we don't choose our destiny, which is kind of a lame, I don't know explanation for why he has to do it well but. i thought but i thought it actually tied really nicely into something that we were talking about last sunday which is the idea that Aegon could potentially just be like nah i don't want this shit i'm out and and we just that's what we talked about right is that like and and rhaenyra says as much th- this is a responsibility it's an right. obligation it's an obligation right and you have to you have to inherit this and then you have to like earn your inheritance so it's it's um i thought that this scene kind of almost like did a you know did the um the backdoor explanation of why these kids regardless of what they want or don't want are kind of forced into the the game the duty right? that the, they're the, the, the politics born of it into all, yeah the, yeah right because it's like you know obviously a big theme here to to close out season one but something that we've talked about a lot over the course of the season is how this you know kind of starts out as a parents war but the kids are the ones kind of like following it up and making it continue and then their kids might do the exact same thing and it's like it's the generational thing and so i th- i just thought that that was a a nice note to get here is this explanation of like this is what we do this is yours and you kind of have to take it Rainier even goes so far as to explain to him look i was 14 years old around the same age you are he's 14 right now uh when when i became heir mm. to the iron throne and to, to further what you're saying, that yes, it is a very, this is just, this is the way it is in our family kind of just thing. Just a right? lass of four and ten. Ah, yes. Four and ten. I remember. Sir Laurent comes in to let Rhaenyra know that Princess Rhaenys has just arrived on Dragonback, questioning, uh, requesting an audience with both Rhaenyra and Damon. Rhaenys very bluntly immediately tells Rhaenyra and Damon that Viserys is dead. So again, this is kind of, it's like the mirror of what we saw last week, right? Um, Rhaenyra is pregnant, by the way, doing more belly rubbing. And she winces at the news, and immediately I was like, oh, good. <laughs> good. Well, yeah. Good. Again, watching it next to my six-plus-month pregnant wife. And uh, when she's told Aegon has, ad- additionally, that Aegon has been crowned successor, she further winces, and immediately I was like, okay, so she's going to miscarry or have some type of a medical issue here occur, mm-hmm, which is... Mm-hmm. Lovely for a Sunday evening. Damon <laughs> says that Viserys has been slain, so he pretty much immediately is like, "All right, this is a yeah." They they go straight to accusing uh, Allison and, and Otto Hightower of basically just bumping him off. And for the sake of everyone who was so upset by Renice not flaming all of the Greens mm. and ending this war before it could start last week, we do get a conversation, which for me. Ended up serving enough uh, to kind of make it all make sense. So I'll just explain what happens here. Damon, upset with Renice that she didn't burn them all with a dragon. She says the war was not hers to begin. That she is only there out of loyalty to her husband and her house. And to tell Rhaenyra, look, the Greens are, they're coming for you. And your children, by the way. And you should leave Dragonstone immediately. Which does not get to happen because she immediately enters labor. Right. Yeah. Um, early. Th- th- we talked Quite about early. this on a little bit last Sunday and then again on Patreon on Thursday. Uh, that, that and, and this is one of the kind of explanations that we had come up with is that basically, like, it's not like she's been Team Rhaenyra the whole time. 
right? And so that's that's essentially her explanation. Is like, yo, she's I'm still pretty neutral in this. I haven't really picked a side. My husband, he's still, you know, off in the wind. I got to make a decision. I got, you know, I got to have a house meeting. House sure. meeting. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Cabs are here. <laughs> house meeting, y'all. And uh, and get get together with him before we, like, make a decision. So, like, it just wasn't her place, really, to to end it. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's fine explanation. It was enough for me. It was <laughs> enough for me. I mean, she could have been, like, you know, she could have taken a shit in tinfoil and sold it to the Queen Elizabeth's earrings and you would have been like, I'm sold. Anything. <laughs> as long as there was acknowledgement of the fact that it was like you could have ended this all right here, yeah, yeah. Uh, then I'm good. Yeah. But, so yeah, Rhaenyra goes into labor early. I was really hoping we were done with stressful labor birthing scenes, but we're not, so. No. Um, as she's going into labor, Damon starts planning the defense of Dragonstone and uh, as obviously they've just been informed people are coming for them. Rhaenyra calls her kids in to tell them their grandpa is dead and that people are coming to kill them as she is struggling with the labor to make yeah. it as stressful and dramatic as possible. She tells Jaceris that whatever claim belongs to her, uh, it's his now, right? Um, then we're back at Damon's war table where a raven flew in and apparently the sea snake, Corliss, has finally beaten his fever, His Barrett. fever has broken. His Huzzah. fever has broken. <laughs> Broken the fever. Uh, he left wherever he was. You just can't keep a good Corliss down. You know what I mean? I knew he was coming back. I like, had a lot of faith. People were counting him out, myself among those. Yeah, <laughs> those persons. And, uh, and and you know, here he is. He's just he beat it. You he's, knew they wouldn't let Steve Toussaint just go survivor, die to some he's, fever. He's back and he's got more wisdom than ever. So yeah, yeah. So Jaceris comes in to tell them no action is to be taken while Rhaenyra is giving birth, as instructed by Rhaenyra, and Damon basically ignores him. He's like, let me show you how loyalty works. And, <laughs> and takes then him goes out to the cliffside. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey, y'all loyal? <laughs> he takes two Kingsguard with him, and he's like, I suspect you may not be on my team. See how this works, kid? I'm doing it right now. I'm grilling these guys. Watch this. I'm going to bring the dragon out. Dragon comes out. Uh, he tells these guys he's grateful for their service to the crown. He's presenting them with a choice. Caraxes comes out. He tells them to swear fealty, adding that if they swear it now and later turn their cloaks, they will die screaming, mm -hmm. which is just funny because last week you were like, why don't all of these people just immediately bend the knee and then later do whatever you yeah, have to do? Right, Live yeah. to fight another day, as I put it. <laughs> and these guys, as they're probably thinking that same thing, Damon's like, and just in case you try to pull a fast one, <laughs> yeah. you will die screaming if you break this oath yeah. and turn cloak later. What'd you think about the, his tactics here? Were you, were, did you was, this, were this, was this sound strategy? This wasn't my favorite scene <laughs> in the episode. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of get like, it was, okay. It listen, was, kid, I'm going to distract you and take you out here and show you that I've got to grill these guys and make sure, and I also get having to make sure that the King's Guard are loyal to you, obviously, the Queen's Guard, as it were, in her case, I suppose. Yeah, I, I thought it was, um, we, we had a few scenes that were callbacks in this episode, and uh, this one I thought was kind of referencing the moment in Game of Thrones where Daenerys gives um, the, uh, the, the, the Dickon and his dad, Randall, I believe, the the Tarleys, I, I think so. Say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tarleys, the Tarleys. Yeah, because uh, Sam, that's, Sam is the the brother there. Dick on, dick off. It, it reminded me of that, right? Where she has the dragon standing behind her, and she's like, "Y'all gonna bend the knee?" And they're like, "Nah." And she's like, "Peace All right. <laughs> later." <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, so it, it, that it was very some like truly a, dumb shit. Again, it just mirrored idiotic. it mirrored that for sure. Like this, you know, this this Targaryen way, where uh, you know, when we get more into this, we're like. 
Rhaenyra is really the only one who's not immediately just like, yo, dragons, burn dragons, it all the ground. dragons. Yeah, yeah, burn- yeah. Anybody that doesn't like us, we're burning them. You know, the whole thing, like, just like immediately going to the to the nuclear weapons as the, as as they were. And they really um, make it feel like that in this episode, too, which we'll get to later. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so I thought this was is an interesting, just an interesting moment here that Damon is kind of using those same tactics that we saw late stage Daenerys uh, employing as well. For sure. Rhaenyra, um, as he's saying, like, you know, if you break your oath later, you'll die screaming. We're flashing back and forth between her struggling to birth this child and him threatening these guys with their lives. They like to do this with the birthing scenes, give you something else to compare it to. And Rhaenyra pulls her own baby out of herself without having help from any nurses. And it's not alive, unfortunately. The umbilical cord is wrapped around its neck. So she cradles her dead child. And then gives it a funeral with these silent sisters. And it's just like a good, solid 10 minutes of trauma for the entire <laughs> audience to chew on. You know what I mean? Now, I, we all I have do, this, I do. this shared uh, trauma yeah. together. And I'll say this for, for Game of Thrones, the universe, and House of the Dragon. It exposes you to things that perhaps you may have not otherwise been exposed to in life. Death in some cases, like it makes you feel it really up close and personal with Viserys. And, you know, same thing back if you wanted to do Game of Thrones, call back to other characters. But it here, I mean, these are these are really powerful human moments. Some of the most intense things you can experience as a human being that are being displayed for you on screen. And while I'll say, I mean, it, for, for those of you who are, I mean, just not squeamish at all and were not impacted by this at all... Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're lucky or you're a serial killer, but it was brutal. I mean, this was tough to watch. It I was obviously more difficult for me because of my personal circumstances absolutely, about to have a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. But but this was like, I mean, if there's something I walk away from season 1 with, it's that childbirth is really freaking hard. Yeah. Um uh, look, I it, as this scene was unfolding, I was like, "Oh man, it, People are not there, there are going to be a lot of think pieces about this one. People are going to be upset that there was a dead baby on screen. Yeah, right? like absolutely. Yeah. But it, that that was no doubt the point, right? Like this was supposed to be extremely evocative and like provocative and visceral, and it was supposed to it was supposed to garner a reaction, right? Whatever that reaction might have been. Like I'm sure they knew that there would be a gamut of them, and like yes, like you're saying, like this is extremely dark, but something that happens regularly that we generally as a society don't really talk about like talk about or kind of handle well and as one of right? the things we, we discovered re- in we- the pandemic was like the the things that we as a society like to turn a blind eye to not discuss yep. that are uncomfortable conversations those have to be had right this is an example of one of them that probably for way too long has not been addressed on a on a on a societal level enough yep. right we're like men we know some stuff, but we don't know that freaking much. <laughs> you know what I mean? About yeah. about childbirth, about pregnancy, Shit, about yeah, how all this sure. stuff works. And we don't have to. Right. But we probably should. Yeah. Right? In order to have a grasp, especially if it's going to be men who are making decisions about what can happen with women's bodies in Washington. Yeah. Right? So it's like some of this stuff, I think, this season in particular, it's just the way George R. R. Martin attacks storytelling. He likes to tie in big picture shit. And, and and really large moments that can be talked about in a variety of different ways and have things that can that the way they unfold leads to larger conversation, basically. Yeah. And uh, there's it was coincidental, I think, but this season we ended up with several things that are really good modern talking points. Yeah, I I I definitely think that there is there's an element of that in his storytelling that is like, you know, manages to kind of grab onto some third rails that are are, are kind of 
current. But I'm sure you watched the inside of the episode, and like, it, I I do think it's interesting that the whole the this whole idea of like childbirth being a battlefield and like really wanting to tell that story throughout the season was apparently just like Miguel Sapochnik's baby wasn't but part that's of a ba- that no pun intended there but that was that that sure, was his sure, sure. <laughs> that was his that was his thing his that idea was, he wanted to get this message across and like Ryan mentioned Ryan Condal mentions that Miguel mentions it again in the inside of the episode and so I I do think it's I'm I'm not I'm not like having a take on it really I just I do think find it interesting that like middle middle-aged dude Miguel Sapochnik like felt very impassioned on telling that particular story yeah story you know and I, it makes I me wonder, wonder if he had an experience yeah, yeah. so I, I do I wonder what his you know yeah his own personal experience that he was so passionate about uh continuing to put you know this type of this type of scene um on our screens and and continue to like make reference and 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 put across this idea that childbirth is a battlefield and is 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 extremely difficult and is a a war in and of itself. So it's um, just kind of a, a curious uh, element there that that it, that it, that it sounds like that, that he mostly in, came yeah. from Miguel. Yeah, yeah. Well, so then to take it back to my point, not necessarily George R. R. Martin who put the childbirth stuff in and the women's battlefield stuff necessarily, but I think what makes his storytelling, his books, translate into such good TV. Is that there the the thing the events that he plugs into his stories end up giving you a lot to discuss, which is why our podcast has obviously yes. been so much fun and so yep. successful. Huzzah! Speaking of which, today's episode is brought to you by Felix Gray Glasses, the best blue light glasses in the game for watching House of the Dragon in comfort and style. Five years ago, Felix Gray set out to create eyewear that would improve daily screen time, and since then, Felix Gray has been on a mission to create a better relationship with technology. Their lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. I have been working on the internet for over a decade now. I spend at least... 10 hours a day staring at screens usually. My eyes get very worn out, and when I'm done with work, I like to relax by watching my favorite shows and movies and gaming, all of which involve larger, more intense screens. So a couple few years ago when I was introduced to Felix Grey, everything changed. These glasses are the quality of designer frames. It's not some cheap blue light coating that's going to come off. No chipping, no cheapness, never happens. Just incredible quality designer frames that are stylish and functional as they protect your eyes from all the blue light that the screens we rely upon emit. Hard to cut back on screen time if you're like me, but you can do your eyes a solid. Get yourself some Felix Grays to get relief from those headaches, dry eyes, blurry vision, and what have you that occurs over the course of your workday because you wouldn't go into battle without a suit of armor. You shouldn't go to work without some Felix Grays. I've got like six pairs. The Faraday, the Nash, and the West are the ones I would recommend you go check out. I'm wearing the, uh, what is this, Nash on my face today. Use our uh, URL felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC to support the show and get free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. They've got non-prescription and prescription available. Check them out now, felixgrayglasses.com slash OCC. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash OCC for free shipping, free returns, and free exchanges. So Sir Eric, with an E. Ah. That's the guy on Team Black, all right? So out of the two Erics, we got E on Team Black. Eric. A. Yeah. Eric. Eric and Eric. Eric. Is yeah. with the A, right? Yeah. Arik is on green. Eric is on black. Uh, obviously, we have like a hound and mountain situation here. These two <laughs> brothers that are destined to end up fighting, right? Probably in a slightly less epic fashion, if I had to imagine. Yeah, that was gotta... one of the more absurdly over-the-top <laughs> scenes in, in Game of Thrones, looking back at it, yeah, when the gotta, mountain and the hound fought. You gotta think that one of them doesn't become a uh, unkillable, living, dead, zombie... Frankenstein? Frankenstein... <laughs> monster. Beast monster, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't think that that's happening to one of the Eric's. And, um, and I doubt but, but either yeah. of them will have lines quite as quippy and clever as the hounds. As the hound. Right? Yeah. 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 Sandor Clegane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, the, the, it's definitely possible that these two man bunned lookers come to come to blows at some point. Twin fight <laughs> happening one day, probably. <laughs> so Eric rolls up to the funeral of the baby and Rainier and Damon uh and he brings a crown for the queen. That's his whole Viserys's crown. Yeah, brings Viserys's crown, becomes his first her first queen's guard, I guess, by swearing himself to her. It's this very dramatic and emotional scene. Um Damon crowns Rhaenyra and kneels to her. Everyone kneels. Yeah, and all uh, this, except Renice. Yes, and all of this happening as she p- lays her baby to rest. Exactly. Right. Like this. So it's, worst it's, day of her life, but this to, very to, big. Yeah. You know, so it's a very low moment to a very high moment. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Which I think makes it extremely impactful. And and you know, it, it like there, there's a a lot of different ways that you could read into that, right? But you mentioned how that those turns in her stomach kind of happen as she hears this news yeah. that basically like a war is impending like they've usurped the throne and you're gonna have to do something yeah, this, about it this thing she's been dreading forever is it's it's now and, and and so it's it's um i think that that speaks to like this the, to the whole idea of of, of the the womanhood here right which right. is like you're expected to do both you have to be pregnant and have your baby and you also have to like be at work and be the queen and figure out the war strategy, right? And so it's just and like keep your head on straight so the whole time. Yeah. So she and 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 so all of that just kind of like one of those kind of falling falling away while she gains the other is is just kind of an interesting um, contrast there. And and I thought was done pretty well. And uh, and yeah yeah no 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 kneeling from Renice yet though she's not bent the knee. Yeah, I repeat, Renice does not kneel. Also, I'll say this: having watched my wife grow my son in her stomach for the last six months plus it's also a call to like do that's what you just hit on it like i can't really fathom having to do that and go to work yeah like go do a job go do stuff like which my wife does and she's a hero to me for that but uh that is definitely something they're calling attention to here like she she does she's not getting to participate in the planning of this right. war yeah she's missing out on yes. the decision making because she's having to deal with the woman's battlefield right. right so they have this uh huge meeting around the light up table renice still does not bow when everyone else does yeah, as no Rhaenyra head nod, enters the, the meeting yeah. no bob no nothing nothing uh we find out we've got not a whole lot of people here. <laughs> 30 knights, 100 crossbowmen, and 100 men-at-arms and such. So they're going to need some allies, obviously. That's the thing. You remember Game of Thrones, anytime somebody would be like, we got to go to war, and now we need our allies. And everybody was trying to get their allies yeah, yeah, going you, you gotta all the You got to call your bannermen. Your bannermen. So Rhaenyra and Damon immediately start experiencing some conflict mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. as they start discussing alliances and potential alliances. And it was probably something you saw coming on some level because they haven't exactly had the most normal relationship. They've not. And like we saw in the Green Council last week where there are these little fractures within Team Green. You had to see them coming on Team Black. You kind of knew that, right? Like that, that's definitely a piece of the whole story and why I assume it's going to go so terribly is that even within these two teams, like not everybody is aligned. Not everybody's going to be on the right. Not yeah, everybody's yeah. on the same page, and that that is going to create issues within the issues. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's an <laughs> onion, a multi-layered <laughs> onion. Except like, in, it's not like Shrek where there's just fun laughs and donkey or whatever. It's like yeah, death yeah. and a lot of childbirth, some of which goes wrong, 
And, yeah, Eddie, and, Eddie Murphy's not going to be cracking jokes that's in right. this one. You Just know? people burning alive. Just, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rainier asks Renice about Driftmark, who says, Lord Corliss sails for Dragonstone to declare for his queen, which is an exciting thing. I'm stoked to see Corliss again. Renice assures Rhaenyra that the Valerian fleet is theirs. This is a pretty big moment from a strategic alliance standpoint. But at the same time, you're going, yeah, but I just watched you not bow twice. So I don't, I don't really know how to feel about Renice and what she's got going on, especially based on her conversation with Corliss later, which we'll get to shortly. Uh, so th- this is when Damon gets into the dragons. That's right. When he's yeah. like, uh, look, we've got 13 dragons right now to their four. I think was the count he gave, and that's not counting unclaimed dragons. And which, I, I he's feel got like some he dragons was, down I feel like in the he oven. Was counting the unclaimed dragons though, as the thirteen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. not. Definitely not. Because there's, I think there's more than thirteen unclaimed dragons, is my understanding. Because they got dragons in Dragonstone down in the dragon pits. They got dragons in the King's Landing dragon pits. Yeah, but they don't have the ones in King's Landing. They're not going to be able to get to those. No, I'm they've just got, saying. Okay, they've got, they, they name Melis, they name Renice's dragon, and they also obviously name Caraxes and Cyrax. And then one of the daughters has one. Both sons have, has one that's six. Uh, they say that there are like three unclaimed down in, in their think, own location. I think he says he's got three like in the oven. Well, he does have three eggs, but I think he talks about three. I mean, all this is semantics. It doesn't really matter. But, that, but I thought those were the three unclaimed is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, no, those are not. I don't think those are. They're not hatched. I, right. think, I think he's saying that there are three completely unclaimed dragons that are that don't have riding around. Yeah. And somewhere. then there are the wild ones. Right. And we go we get a little scene that's almost like a throwaway when he goes and hums and sings to the dragon. Got to assume that's one of the wild ones. Mm, I thought that was one of the ones in the Dragon Keep at Dragonstone, though. And uh, okay, here's the yeah, thing: one of the un- okay, so, it could be one I'm of the saying unclaimed. The thirteen ones. he's counting half. There's no way he's counting unclaimed toward that number because then you could that would be insane. You could just argue that those numbers are on the other side too, right? So I think he's saying definitively we have thirteen dragons mm-hmm. and they have four. Maybe so, but I could be misreading that. If 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 he is counting unclaimed dragons in that number, it's obviously just to further his argument that, and that's that, pretty transparent what he's doing there right well, I mean, if you that, were on the other side that is it. what i think he's doing because somebody even asks they're like well who's gonna ride them right right like they don't have your he basically like that's great but they don't have riders so and, yeah if you can't just go get a bunch of dragons but they still have to bond with somebody and then yeah. have a dragon rider yeah right of course uh, which is one of the things yeah. that gets weird when he goes down there and like seemingly bonds with yet another giant dragon well it does raise a good question can you have can two you, dragons? Can you have more than one? Are <laughs> <Yeah>. there <laughs> some sects of Targaryen religion that allow you that more than makes, one, perhaps? Right. Like right. more than one wife? I mean, Damon did have, he did have, like to take multiple wives. You I know? shall take a second dragon. <laughs> Shouldn't they all be trying for this, like constantly? Yeah. Just adding absolutely. to the numbers? I've got absolutely. five. Jumping from dragon to dragon in the sky. Is that some shit we're going to see later? Well, maybe you can just do like a flying V style, you know, where like as long as you're bonded with all of them, you can be on like the lead one, but you have the other ones flanking you. Hashtag double dragon. (laughs) Double dragon. Starring Dennis Rodman and Jean-Claude Van Damme. So Damon wants to surround King's Landing with dragons. He's like, let's just take all these dragons. We've got 13 of them. Maybe some of them aren't being ridden yet, but it's fine. (laughs) And we'll surround King's Landing. Um, he's basically making decisions without consulting Rhaenyra or trying to have any yeah. type of conversation at all in real time, and it's clearly a problem. Then someone comes in and interrupts the meeting and is like, oh, hey, uh, just a heads up, Otto Hightower is here. 
He, him and his, he's assembled the crew, and they're rolling up. They want to parlay. So Otto says he's there at the behest of Queen Allison. By the way, they always have to meet on these bridges. And I'm not sure what the plan is. If it's like, look, there's one way in, one way out for each of us. If conflict happens, we can just turn around and run the other way, and we can get away. And then she violates that by parking her dragon behind them so yeah, they can't I, escape. I think that it's a, it's, I think this is also very specific to Dragonstone. Like yeah. that, that they have this big, long, like walkway down from the castle. But is this the same one that we saw Otto and Damon oh, yeah. meet at before? Yeah, this is one of the callbacks I was talking about. This oh, is no a total shit. callback to this exact moment. I in, didn't realize in, it was the same spot. In That's episode funny. two, it's okay. the exact same spot on the bridge, and Rhaenyra literally does the exact same thing, which is fly up and park here we go again. I go back and here again behind Otto, and then walk through. So it's like it's almost like a shot for shot. Of course, this time she's on Damon's side. Except for she is literally on Damon's side this time, um, and uh, and and the, the conflict is is slightly different. But uh, my man Otto just balls of steel, continuing to show up on this bridge here with the dragons at Dragonstone, never with a good message. You no, know? you ne- got to hand it to this th- guy. Like, like, I cannot believe this dude. And it's funny, if you were, if you've ridden with us for uh, for the last several months and you watched The Sopranos with us, this was one of the things that I never understood about The Sopranos is like, basically like, like how everybody always, always, always obeys like the sanctity of a parlay, essentially. Of a sit down. Of a sit down, yeah. Which They're not is, just which all whacking each other constantly yeah, at sit downs. Like, I don't understand how you know she doesn't park Cyrax on the back there and just murder everybody right, right then and there. Obviously, we get to that later. She's trying not to shed blood and like do what's right for the realm, yada yada yada. But the point stands that it seems like the sit downs and the parlays go smoothly more often than it seems like they would. And as I'm saying that, until I'm, the red wedding, I'm recalling things like the red wedding and even this, even the the guest right, which is semi violated later in this episode. So yeah. may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is constantly violated in Game of Thrones. And I'm just, <laughs> you just never know. Every time it's not violated, I'm like, huh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, the, it's funny because the mafia does really sketchy shit too. Like they have that that thing, you know, the sanctity of the sit down. But then like they're constantly lying to each other to set up yeah. murder Murders. anyway. Yeah, so yeah. it's just bizarre. <laughs> so. Otto says he's there at the behest of Queen Alicent. He has a message for Princess Rhaenyra, asks where she is, cue dragon noises. Rhaenyra flies in. She's got her crown on, lands on the bridge that they have obviously met on before, like Barrett said, and behind uh, Otto and his men, so they have nowhere to go. So she leaves Cyrax back there, walks over to Damon's side, calls them all traitors to the realm. Otto says that they are offering terms. Basically, you have to acknowledge Aegon as king. You can have Dragonstone. It goes to Jaceris. Lucerus gets Driftmark, becomes Lord of the Tides. All the other sons uh, by you and Damon get places at court, specifically the ones by her and Damon. And then there's pardons for all those who conspired against uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the crown. Yeah. So Damon shits all over that immediately, <laughs> uh, which is not shocking at all. Nobody thought they were going to accept this. But Stark, Tully, and Baratheon, all houses we are extremely familiar with from Game of Thrones, are all apparently Indeed. considering terms from the king currently. Rhaenyra says they all swore fealty to her when King Viserys made her his heir. That's obviously a big question up in the air here, is who's going to remain loyal from that initial scene we saw. Otto calls uh, Rhaenyra's claim a stale oath and says the succession changed when Viserys sired a son. Rhaenyra calls him a fucking traitor, drops an F-bomb in there, and Otto calls forward the Grand Maester who hands her a page from the book her and Alicent were reading that they ripped a page out of, which is apparently a symbol of Alicent's love 
Yeah. For Rhaenyra. Yeah. Their They're, friendship, buried. It's what's important. She needs uh, to remember it. Yeah. Yeah. These two, they, they still have a bond deep down. Uh, also, I, I, and it I, might be love. I recognize this as something that I like saw book readers talking about over Sexual the past love. week. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> I'm going to try to force it in there. I'm sorry. Um, I'm not sorry. Is that, uh, that they, and, and Otto says this, sorry. Um, he's got the conqueror's crown. He's got the conqueror's sword. He's got the he conqueror's had, name. He, he, he's got the conqueror's name. He had a person of the faith crown him. Thousands of people saw it. And he basically it's says over. every legitimate, like every sign of legitimacy, every icon of, of this being the real deal, he's got it. You've got nothing but the stale oaths. Like what, like, what do you even think you're doing? Like you're never going, you don't have shit. The only, you lose, Mr. Lebowski. Yeah. The bums will always lose. And so that, yeah. that, that's, um, yeah, that's why it was so genius on their part to get him in all that gear and and get him all the right stuff and put him up there as soon as they possibly could and and crown his ass crown his ass <laughs> they did damon draws his sword and everyone behind him as a result uh demands sir eric with an e bring otto to him and rhaenyra says no just as conflict and bloodshed is about to out break out just like the first time they met on this bridge she shuts the whole thing down then tells otto king's landing We'll have her answer by tomorrow. Today's episode is also brought to you by Calm.com. Back in 2020, I got into meditation for the first time. It was definitely something I judged as kind of weird before I actually tried it, and holy shit, has it changed my ability to stay centered and calm throughout the course of my stressful life. So if meditating perhaps was something you had planned to get into in 2021 and maybe failed miserably, why not start now at the end of the year? Get a head start on 2022 being awesome and uh, get your meditation practice started with Calm today. Find peace of mind. We're partnering with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel, reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for children and adults. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com slash dragon, you'll get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live happier and healthier today. For listeners of our show, Clam Fam, Calm is offering an exclusive offer, 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash dragon. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash dragon. For 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library, Dragon. that's calm.com slash dragon. So back at the strategy table, the glow-in-the-dark one, Damon is once again arguing the overpowering number of dragons they have. And Rhaenyra drops an almost identical line to one we heard in Game of Thrones. She says, I do not wish to rule over a kingdom of ash, that's but right. she adds yeah. in bone. Yeah. Yeah. Damon and her argue some more. Rhaenyra clears the room. Thank God. Too many cooks. There was like 40 people in there. I don't know why they have so many people yeah, in this room, yeah. but there was way they, too many. They're about as many people contributing to the strategy here as they have like defending the entire castle. Yeah, so, it, was, yeah. it was a little out of control. Like who's out watching to make sure they're not getting <laughs> rolled up on it? Every person is in here. So Rhaenyra brings up a song of ice and fire to Damon. And he's like, what? Uh, so she explains it. And at no point here is she picking up on the fact that this guy has no fucking clue what she's talking about. I don't know why she didn't consider that a possibility that Viserys, in fact, never told Damon about the Song of Ice and Fire because he never, in fact, considered him to be an actual heir. Yeah, yeah. So she gets choked really hard by him, and it's super weird. And again, their relationship is very awkward and violent. 
Um, and that's when Rhaenyra realizes, oh, wow, Viserys never told Damon. And that is what made him so angry. Is that he, she, it's just a reminder, right, of this thing that we saw as his driving force behind everything he did. He was always just trying to get at his brother, trying mm-hmm. to get back at Viserys for not naming him heir, for replacing him with Rhaenyra. It was all about trying to derail Viserys. So bringing up something that Viserys chose to share with his daughter and not his brother is infuriating to him. And she uh, sees yeah, the it, wrath of that immediately. It, it was, uh, you know, he does not know about this prophecy, but... He he drops a line, one that was in like a teaser trailer. I think the very first teaser trailer that I had completely forgotten about and not really been looking for. Uh, and here it is in the finale, which is that dreams didn't make us king, dragons did. Right. And um, you know, I, I, obviously we've we've seen over the course of of this season that some of these Targaryen dreamers really do have um, future telling know, abilities. Uh, yeah, kind of. A, a, Helena's certainly some type of a, a psychic. A sixth sense, a psychic ability. Uh and uh so it's just it's it it's like a it's a line that makes a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah, they did they 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 conquered and won and have this throne because of dragons, but like how so where do the dreams actually tie in as far as um, you know, the meaning of it all or like the purpose that they serve ruling Westeros, right? Like yeah, I mean, just, it's it's hard to know which dreams are legitimate and which ones aren't. Yeah, right. right. So it's it seems it's, to be um, the problem with prophecies is you don't know which ones are going to hit. Ex- exactly, and so it's it's um, you know, uh, <laughs> looking or, or, or removing the uh, the choking that's happening. Mm-hmm. Like the line is insightful. I yes, felt like. absolutely. So next we see Corliss waking up from a slumber with his wife Renice asleep at his bedside in a chair. Renice is very upset with him for abandoning their family, says they needed him. He says he lost everything, and she's like, we lost, Corliss. We. Renice tells him his brother is dead, and how, that Damon took his head. Corliss says, and this is, a, this is an important quote, Heedless ambition has always been a Valerian weakness. You were right, Renice. I reached too far, and for nothing. Our pursuit of the Iron Throne is at an end. We shall declare for no one. We will retire to high tide to be content with our grandchildren. All right. She cuts them off, though, and explains that their grandchildren are going to die <laughs> because they're never going to be safe as long as Aegon is king. So Corliss says that Rhaenyra destroys everything she touches. He's extremely upset. Renice says Rhaenyra is the only one demonstrating restraint and holding the realm together at present, in fact, by keeping them from plunging into war as all these men she's surrounded by attempt to do just that. Yep. So... In the end, Corliss is obviously convinced. Him and Renice fly to Dragonstone. They join the rest of the blacks around the glow-in-the-dark strategy map. And immediately upon entering that room and being reunited for the first time in a while with Damon and Rhaenyra, Corliss asks, well, Damon's not there. That's my point. Corliss asks where Damon is, and Rhaenyra says he's tending to other concerns. So you have to imagine they've got some type of conflict still between them. Now he's not even attending this meeting. Who knows what he's off doing? I guess we find out soon. Yeah. Corliss analyzes the map, the, the glow-in-the-dark map, and where they've got the pieces set, and he says they've got far too, al- too few allies to win a war for the throne. He points out that House Hightower swore an oath to her, and if the, she's counting on all of these oaths to be upheld, then certainly she should, she should be considering the fact that one has already not been. Hope is a fool's Something, ally. yeah. He says, Viserys' realm was one of justice and honor, that... The Valerian and Targaryen houses have this long-standing historic relationship. 
that the high tower treason cannot stand and that Rhaenyra and Damon have the full support of House Valerian and their fleet. Yes. Obviously very momentous. Corlys immediately kind of uh you know takes hold here and by the way drops the uh the bomb on us that the stepstones have been won. Oh my <laughs> god. Yes. Uh you know, he he went on this crazy harebrained mission of his. Corlys, he did it. He, but he did it. He, he got did he it. got those stepstones and this time he fortified them for real. For real, for real. Dude, they're garrisoned up. He fully garrisoned the the territory. Um, Total blockade of the shipping lanes. The narrow sea is theirs. (laughs) The triarchy has been routed. The triarchy has been routed. Can't believe it. Ross, the triarchy. Done. I mean, just thank the heavens. It's one of the best days of my life. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, seriously. Um, Big day. And and he's got a lot of, he's got the good strategy, basically. He's, He's coming there with sound you know, sound ideas here about like doing things like choking off the the gullet. The, yeah, the gullet. And, Gotta like, choke make, out the gullet. No, no ships can get through. No allies can even come through. Um, Hashtag gullet. Renice <laughs> is going to patrol the skies herself. Like you know, wink, wink, uh, up there on Maylise, just you know, doing doing uh, boss bitch. Maylise. And uh, and and so it's it's good to have him here, and yet it still is a pretty. You got to think like as far as he and Renice know. Rhaenyra killed their son with the help of Damon. Not good. Um, their grand, their two not, not being talked about. Their enough. two grandsons aren't actually their grandsons. Mm. Also, <laughs> not being talked about enough. <laughs> so it's like they, they really. I mean, like, what's his tie in here? I mean, you feel like his bond to their house, his his oath here is on pretty thin fucking ice. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yes, like it's just like like despite it's 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 an interesting jump for them. To kind of put all of that aside and be like, they, oh, but Damon slashed the dude, his one, his brother's head off. Yep. That's the, that's another yep. one in Just here. Just cut his brother's head off. So despite all of that, they're like, we'll ride with you. And she's not bowing and shit. There's like, there's a lot. Look, s- stuff's going to happen with Corliss and Renice, obviously. I mean, I'm not even saying that. And I, I think Renice, I, I think Renice was uh, waiting for her husband. She was waiting to de- declare a side or, I mean, or sure. remain neutral. And, and that's why she was not doing the honor of of kneeling or or head nodding um but it, it but she's in there prodding and poking asking Allison if she wants if she's ever pictured herself on the iron throne and shit yeah you know what i mean i mean i'm they, i'm sure there will be some some turning of the coats maybe as, she knows as, chaos as, is a ladder as we move move forward here but i the point being they seem to be committed to the cause as of our current our present moment yeah and i do find that interesting given all the the, the headaches that this family has kind of put them through absolutely so Corliss and Renice fly to, uh, oh, I already said that. Um, excuse me. Rhaenyra responds to Corliss with, you honor me, Lord Corliss. And then she turns, Princess Renice, because she obviously seems to know it was probably the latter that talked the former into joining her side. She says, still, if war is to come, the first stroke will not be by her hand, and that Rhaenyra wishes to know who her allies are before she sends them to war. Corliss then gets into the Stepstones, announces that it's been fully garrisoned with a total blockade of the shipping lanes, and the narrow, narrow sea is theirs, and the triarchy has been routed, and it's, it's a huge moment for us. Just huge. Renice is going to control the gullet, so they have the whole shit locked down. Yeah. And Jaceris suggests, when somebody's like, get the ravens, we must send word to Winterfell and, 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 and uh, Storm's End and the Eyrie, 
Jaceris is like, we, what, what, dude, what's wrong with you? I'm going to fly. I've got it. We're going to, dragons, the dragons, guys, yeah, yeah, guys, the right. dragons are a much more powerful message bringer. Yes. Is, and faster I was like, oh, as well. they're faster. Good thinking. Yeah. Good thinking from the kid. Unfortunately, he gets his brother fucking killed. <laughs> but good thinking from the kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Suggest dragon riders instead of ravens. So Rhaenyra agrees and sends Lucerys and Jaceris on dragon back to the Bannermen's houses in Winterfell, the Eyrie and Storm's End. Today's episode is also brought to you by Chime. The end of the year is nigh, and you need to make sure you have your finances in order. When you need to access your money, you can do so fee-free with Chime at more than 60,000 in-network ATMs at many locations like most Walgreens, 7-Eleven, and CVS. You can also send money to anyone, even if they aren't on Chime. Fee-free to you, no cash-out fees for them. Chime. No monthly fees, no vibe-killing fees. Sign up for a Chime checking account. It only takes two minutes, doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash dragon. That's Chime, C-H-I-M-E dot com slash dragon. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bank Corp Bank or Stride Bank. Members FDIC out of network ATM withdraw fees apply, except at MoneyPass ATM. In a 7-Eleven location and at any Allpoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM, other fees such as third-party and cash-out deposit fees may apply. So Rhaenyra takes Lucerys and Jaceris and tells them, all right, fine, you're going to these, the, you, I'll send you. I think uh, Lucerys takes Storm's End, Jaceris is taking Winterfell and the Eyrie, and she says, you're messengers, not warriors, no fighting. And she's got a guy handy, brings out a book, for them to swear in the eyes of the seven yeah, that yep. they shan't take part in any fighting. Which just seemed funny. <laughs> like, it's your kids, man. I don't know. You just can't take their fucking word for it. She's like, bring out the Bible. Make them swear on this shit right in yeah. front of me. Well, she's queen now, right? So I think everything has Makes to have a official. little pomp and circumstance. And, and, you know, they gotta, that's, they even say, because, right, the kids are like, they say, your grace. They're not like, yeah. all right, see you, mom. True. Um, True. But, but yes, obviously. Uh, the, the conversation with Lucerus here was, um, what we refer to in the industry as a McBain, um, oh, what which is, that? is, what is that? It's a reference to the, what happens to McBain, I believe in the, uh, uh, Shakespeare in, in the thing? Shakespeare play. What's the one where the guy, with the guy with the blood on his hands, you know, um, the, the, the Macbeth, Macbeth. I oh. believe it's a reference to the, the character of McBain and Macbeth. Um, who basically like it, it's the trope of like whenever you say that something is going to be okay and you're, it's going to be perfect and then you're going to go like sail away on a ship and live hap- happily happily ever after after something's done it's definitely not going to go right. So the, the yeah. um you know the 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 her being like you will sure you will surely be greeted with a warm welcome oh, by the immediately new it's going to go totally fine nothing bad will happen storm's end is a mere hop skip and a jump away from here it's just All a 20 tr- minute flight <laughs> you've got baratheon blood from your grandma renice lord boros is in charge there it's probably going to be a really warm welcome yeah, and yeah. i put in parentheses he is so fucking dead when exactly. he gets there so that so that is yes the the when they are milking how well something's going to go it's, it's not spe- a good sign. it generally spells Certain doom, yeah. Um, Especially so, on this type of in in in, in, a, in a germ story. Yes, not a and, good. Uh, and and this guy, boy, they've just really. Uh, we saw Luke out there getting his ass beat by his brother. Like, yeah, he's he doesn't want any of this. He doesn't want to be the, the 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 Lord of the Tides. He's a nice kid. 
He's got those those just soft curls on his head. He's just a he's just a he's, he's just, just a, a nice he's just there, a though. nice you know he's a nice warm guy that that, that just wants to warm turd out there. <laughs> he just wants to hang out and what does he want to do? He hasn't I, even said. I don't know. Play he just chess. doesn't want to do the he things wants, they need he, him to he do. He wants to play chess, but he's a nice kid, and except for that one time when he accidentally. Um, cut that kid's eye cut out. Cut his cousin's eye out, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> his cousin was being a shit, though, in, in fairness. Um, or yeah. his, his uncle. His uncle's eye out. Oh, his so, uncle. Yeah, so... Uncle Father Oscar. Uncle Father Oscar, that's right. So you kind of knew that this was going to go poorly. Yeah. <laughs> so the boys fly off to get some allies. Renice flies off to the gullet because someone has to hold down the hashtag, hashtag gullet. gullet. Hashtag gullet. We see Damon going down in the dragon pits of Dragonstone, carrying a torch and singing. And this is another trailer scene here. He finds this uh, very large and ornery dragon, and then they make eye contact and and bond or whatever it looks like. Well, you gotta you gotta sing songs to the to your to keep a wild him, dragon, keep them calm, or an un, unmatched dragon. Yeah, you know. We learn even more about how to control these things in this episode. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> So then we see Lucerus flying into Storm's End, and I was like, oh boy, here we go. Here's the end. Because you, as you're watching the episode unfold, you're like, well, so there's got to be, there's got to be a, a, th- a big thing that yeah, happens course, here at the end. Course. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say that, Yeah, but. so he's expecting a warm welcome because of his mother, and he sees, uh, he parks his dragon, and he looks over and immediately sees Vagar. Yeah. And he, I'm like, oh, you're, you're definitely not going to go inside now, right? You're not a moron, are you? <laughs> And no, he is a moron. Yeah, he parks in the motor court, you know? Yeah. And, and, and he parks his little, like, he's like boop, boop. British Jaguar two-door coupe roadster. Thinks he's got a nice little you know, car there. Tiny yeah. little thing. Yeah. And he looks over, and there's a fucking Transformer semi-truck that doesn't even fit in the motor court. Yeah. You got you got to roll out. You got you to gotta peace out. You're, 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 you're no more than four and ten here. You're a turd out there. You got no fighting skills. And 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 the biggest dragon in the entire world is like you know, it's emasculating the shit out of you. Sitting in the yeah. cell in the cell phone lot, like nah, man. Yeah. So Lucerus declares himself to the guards. They escort him inside. He goes because he's a moron and should have bailed immediately after seeing Vagar. Lord Boros is in there, and he's kind of a fiery fella. He informs Lucerus that he already received an envoy from the king earlier this day. He says the house of the dragon does not seem to know who rules it. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. And then he says, that sign won't stop me. I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> he can't read because Lucerus delivers him a message and he has to summon in the maester because he's illiterate. The kid can't even read. Like Floyd Mayweather. So Lord Boros is upset. Just uh, he, he, to just be reminded of his father's oath with no promises added on. He's like, where's the stuff, the things? These yeah. guys over here, they're going to marry up my whole squad. I'm going to be attached to the crown in all kinds of ways. Which uh, you got, okay. The, Which one of my daughters do you want to marry, kid? Yeah, and this was, uh, you know, beyond it being foolish to walk in there once you see Vagar out, out, outside. Um also foolish to just be like, yo, remember that oath? That's it. That's all we, that, that's all we got. Just remember that oath. You, Especially gonna, you already see there's another dude here. And I like, mean, th- there, there's, you know, this is one thing maybe. This is the kind of thing that reminds me of like, uh, you know, uh, maybe this happened in Game of Thrones, but also just elsewhere, right? Where like, Boros, maybe if you're Rhaenyra and you come down there. Then maybe. And then you say that. Then maybe. Like, that's a message that could be delivered face to face. 
Well, and perhaps if it was just you as the only dragon rider there, but Amund is already yeah. there with a significantly larger so, dragon. You riding it on Dragonback, the message, the the effect has been completely it, lost. It has, yeah, yeah, yeah. This so you're is, getting no respect here. No, and uh, this is a small dragon. Arax is. He's a little guy. He's a little guy. He's a little he's, fella. Yep. And uh, but yeah, just you know, he walks in. He, he's got none of the swag, and then his message is just a real piece of shit. And then the guy's like, "All right, look, listen, you stink." But I'll let you marry one of my daughters. Which one do you want? Pick one. Pick one. <laughs> got him up here. I've got him up here lined up for you. Which one do you want? And he's an idiot. So he goes, already betrothed. It's like double middle fingers at everybody in the room. And so Lord Boros sends him home and says, tell your queen I'm not a dog to be whistled up at whenever mm-hmm. she needs help. Lucerus says, I shall take your answer to the queen, my lord. And then Amon stops him before he can leave. He says, wait, my lord strong. Did you really think you could just fly around the realm and try to steal my brother's throne at no cost? And Lucerus is like, I told my mom I wouldn't fight. <laughs> I said I wouldn't fight. So Amon takes off his eye patch and gives this, he's like, a fight would be little challenge. No, I want you to put out your eye as payment for mine. One will serve. I plan to make it a gift to my mother. Lord Burroughs is like, not in my chambers, not in my house. This is very important. You can't have it happen in your house. No, absolutely not. Guest right, baby. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's some, it's uh, again. He's trying not to violate the terms of that, right? But I did, as he's yelling it, I did register it in a in a negative way. I was like, oh, he's dead the second he leaves because he's only safe if he stays. Then they can't violate the sanctity of this. this that, clearly, Lord Boros is going to uphold it. The second he leaves, he's, he's a toaster oven. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what are you doing here when Amund throws you that knife? Are you just jabbing your eye out? You just going for it, just you know, saving your skin that in that way by um, plucking a plucking an eyeball out. If I'm in this position, if I'm that <laughs> little guy and I've got that little dragon, I'm probably running over to Lord Boros's feet and like wrapping myself around him and like make him stop it. It's your house, house yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he should guest right. That, that's he should run into the house. Yes, like go hide up. Like just you know, this is a big castle. But that's the set. thing, Lord Boros pretty much sends him to his death. That, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, I think it's pretty obvious. He's like, look, you can go kill him now. He's gone. He's out. Of, he's out of my house. Go yeah. ahead. Do your thing. Yeah. Um, although it does seem to be pretty accidental, which we can talk about now. So Lucerus runs back to his dragon. He pauses. And I was like, what is he doing? Get out of there. But he's checking out the weather. It's storming really hard. And he's well, like, that- all right, Arax, you got to focus yeah. and you got to. You got to listen to me. You got to obey. Yeah. Because the storm is very intense. Storm's end. Uh, the name the, checks out. That is the thing about Storm's End is that it's an end where there are oftentimes storms. Storms. Yeah. Storms. Yeah. So he flies off and it's pretty obvious he's going to get attacked about 10 seconds into this uh, choreography wise. You're just yeah. like, oh, cinematography wise rather, you're just like, oh God, here we go. And it's very, you know, like we've seen this too before, right? Very cloudy, very dark. You just know, you're just waiting for Which like angles he going to come from? looming shadow on from one above? of the sides. From below? Like a little, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we see the shadow of Vega above him then Eamon uh, does a flyby buzzes the tower with Vagar whatever you want to call it he's like six times the size of Arax uh, at a minimum at least yeah. at least I mean seriously this is like a fucking 747 flying on top of a like a little Cessna two seater it's not he close he is way 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 bigger again we will see and uh, again, just how and, much bigger here in a minute and but. this is not a fight either and which it's the reason that I'm I mean it's a hundred percent without any doubt to me he did not mean to kill this kid it was it was he was trying to scare the shit out of him yes further yes. intimidate him yes. certainly 
but did not mean to kill him. No, so, yeah, he's definitely he's punking his ass. He's bullying him exactly. He, like we've is, seen their 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 whole kind of back and forth, right? These two sides and the, what it hap- how it plays out between the kids. And honestly, I mean, I think that that for Amond, even challenging him to like take his own eye, right? Like just being so much bigger, stronger, better, faster, more of a fighter, more of a warrior, cooler. Eye patchier, yeah. Just the whole thing. Like that's a, that's enough for him. He's just like, you. Know, I I think right. Like he's just. I'm so much cooler. I don't need to kill you. I don't need to kill you. You're a turd out there, right? But I am. I am gonna bully the shit out of you. Yeah, he definitely does. Because the dragon chase commences here. Arax ends up hiding. Um, like in some type of like a yeah, he dips down. He you know, dips, he's, that, yeah, he di- that, that's the one thing he's got is the size. He's he, he's right. using the size to his advantage, so he gets into some valleys and some crevices and kind of gets into some spots where where Vagar can't really follow. Eamon starts yelling in High Valyrian at him. You know, come out, come out, wherever you are, basically. Uh, then Arax attacks Vagar from the side. He's not listening anymore. No, yeah, he's gone rogue. To Luceris, and then after this attack, you shoot some flames at him or whatever. Vagar stops listening. Both dragons have gone AWOL. They're completely off the tracks. Yep, yep. Uh, and then Vagar chomps Arax in half. I mean, I wouldn't even say he ate the middle third of him. Basically. Uh, yes, yeah, which included Luceris. the rider Luceris. Included. Yeah. He's very, um, very, very dead. After, after Arax. Flames, Vagar, again, didn't do anything. I don't know. That that was my big question here is why Arax as a dragon, one tenth the size. Like what, it, it reminded what, me of what, like what my you, dog when he doing? goes after a really big dog. That's I'm like true. Bruce, true. you weigh twelve pounds. <laughs> That's a ninety pound Doberman, you stupid ass. Yeah. So that it it was a but he wasn't a, serving him, you know. He, he wasn't, wasn't serving. No, no, but it was Serve a, me, Arax. A bad, bad decision there to, to go after him. Flies up, tries to get up up super high, and then Chomp. Vagar just you know. Dan it. Dan it. He gets him from the uh he 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 yeah, he t-bones him with his with his mouth, or with, yeah. excuse me, with her mouth. She t-bones him with her mouth and takes the uh, sounds sexual. <laughs> the middle third of him, like you said, and, and Lyceris is uh, quick, quickly dead here. Yeah, that's it's a it's a crazy ending to that kid's life. But as I said when I first laid eyes on him, you did that kid is gonna die. You knew it, you and knew it. Uh, it just it, interesting to me. Okay, I just want to note. Big, big moment, pretty much kicks off the war, Yes, right? absolutely. First, first death in the war, basically. And it came as a result of disobedience of 100% of the dragons involved. Yep. Both dragons yes. go and do their own thing, and it causes this massive, massive moment, right? Mm-hmm. Damon delivers the news to Rhaenyra that Lucerys is dead. Um, and I'm immediately considering when that's happening, like, okay, so could people know that it was Aemon who did this? And... In my opinion, yes. You see that look on Eamon's face. And oh, he's he, like, yeah. oh, I fucked up. Yep. This is really, really bad. Holy shit, this is really, really, really bad. Do I, how do I tell my mom? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Vagar was there at Storm's End. There would definitely have been every person in that whole fucking area would have been aware of that dragon's presence. Mm-hmm. He flies off right after Lucerus and Arax leave. I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that somebody would have gotten word back to them that this was this guy. You yeah, know? the 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 thing that was crossing my mind is that you know now now Vagar, if he had gone for a cleaner chomp there and just gotten the whole thing, no evidence, one fell swoop, then no there's black no evidence. Box. 
But even even with as much as he gets, we see like the wing, like you know, spiraling down, down, fluttering down. You think they're gonna go find that shit? Well, no, that's what I'm wondering. Like, like, like it's it's almost a surprise to me that the that the report coming from Damon at the end when he informs Rhaenyra is not like Lucerus has gone missing, right? Right. Like nobody's seen him. Nobody's seen the dragon. What happened? Uh, so, so, so that is a question. It's a, you know, it, again, not one that really matters. Like you said, like every lot, a lot of people would have known what the situation here was. And then, you know, maybe that big dragon wing like falls down like 10 feet from the castle. We don't know. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the fact that the information, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any evidence recovered. It was like over the ocean. Well, it's, right. That's yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. That's that's so the, the fact that the information travels so quickly, right? And well, see- we don't know how long that. That's the thing. You got to kind of, you got to kind of give it. Maybe so. You know yeah. what I mean? But, it's like but, that could have uh, been two weeks later. But I was, I, I will be curious to, 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 to see, like, you know, essentially who saw what, who relayed what, if, if any of that does come into play. I don't think it um, will. But my guess is that's the explanation: is that it's like, uh, look, this is the biggest dragon in the world. It was at Storm's End. The kid flew to Storm's End. Everybody knew he was going to Storm's End. He yeah. left Storm's End after being refused and was never seen again. And this other dragon flew off immediately after him. It just it seems like that would be enough to at least maybe give Eamon some blame. We'll see. We'll see. We'll uh, see if that gets I, cast on him or not. I think one of the the really interesting things about watching the show is knowing that the book about. Is uh, neither of us are book readers, obviously, right, but right. but we know that the how the book is framed, which is like it's this essentially an oral history, like sure. it's accounts from everybody that was not a lot of color around, added. but right. there's the it's all very like kind of unreliable narrators and not always from the horse's mouth and like not like a like a strict by the you know history text. It's more of a telling of it. And so, which is kind of, that's pretty much what history text is. That, that is true. You know what uh, I mean? The victors get to to tell history, or ho- however that idiom goes. But um, turns out it's pretty complicated. But so it was. It, it was just so that that's just interesting knowledge to have because, like, it's possible that in the book, all we know is that Amund riding Vagar kills Lucerus and um, and Erex, and that's it. That's all that anybody knows. But it's like. But then we get the fill-in here, which is maybe a show note, maybe a germ note. Or maybe, I mean, we, we don't know. I would take it like, a step further. My guess is that everyone knows Lucerus died in his dragon and he disappeared. Yeah. But these guys could have taken it a step further and made it Aemon. Or, or they, you know what they I mean? could have filled in this like gray area of like, well, it was actually the dragons went rogue. Aemon didn't actually mean to kill right. Lucerus. Maybe right? they made that twist. Maybe they made, like, right. And that that's something that, that there's room for. Because of the way the book is written, which right. is like this, which kind we're of, getting a lot of this, yeah. a lot of so it. So I, I do find that part pretty pretty cool um, that they're able to to kind of like fill in those gaps, tell parts of the story that aren't in the book, um, but that are now essentially being made canon since since uh, since George Martin is a part of this show and is uh, you know informing the decisions that are that are made. So for sure. So Rhaenyra, obviously, she's informed by Damon Tyr that that she's lost another child in some capacity. We don't know exactly what he said. There's no words, but that's like in 20 minutes that she lost two kids, basically. So she, when she turns around, and we get our last shot of the season, it's a broken Rhaenyra, right? That's sort of this conflict is now inevitable, right? Yeah. There's no avoiding it. This thing that she's been trying to, you know, pray would never happen. The day would never come. It's, it's, it is now. And the way all this unfolded between her dad dying and Lucerus dying and, and everything kind of exploding in her face. It's just, 
I don't think there, there are any other options, right? And we kind of discussed earlier this season, did we think we would get any war in season one? And yeah. it kind of made more sense, especially as we got into episode three, four, five, six, that this was all a setup season, that yeah. the, almost yeah. the whole season could almost be seen as a pilot, right? right? Yeah. Because, and, and this is now I'm starting to understand why Miguel Sapochnik's involvement was so important. Because you had to have your A game for this. If you couldn't nail the setup for the rest of the story, then no one was coming back, right, for season two, obviously. You blow season one, that's going to make it tough. You don't get as much audience to stick around. People aren't going to be doing as much water cooler buzz, less podcast listening, less secondary media consumption, Mm -hmm. article reading. you got to crush the first season. you got to have your best guys, and I think Sapochnik was their best option. We discussed before the show even aired how he was always the big setting Big picture, yeah, big like piece. battle yeah, type bat- of dude, yeah. though, but mm-hmm. he didn't really get utilized in that way all that often. Now, we did have the Stepstones battles going on mm-hmm. pretty much nonstop the first few episodes there, yep. bothering us all season long. But it really paid off to me because, and I, I think we can start to get into like what we thought of the finale here, Barrett. Mm-hmm. To me, this was, it wasn't necessarily what I expected, in, but not in a bad way, really. Just, it, I, I, I'd say it was a little more. After all we saw this season and how this seemed to be almost like a ratcheted up version of Thrones season one, right? Like an even more intense, more violent, more visceral, more disturbing on a, on a you know, visual level when you, with all you're having to take in through the eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, so I expected there to be this sort of, I, I don't know, over the top big moment that would drive Twitter crazy. And that didn't really happen, right. necessarily. Yeah. I thought it was, and not again, not necessarily in a bad way, just it wasn't what I, what I, I thought maybe the first battle or something, you know what I mean? To, to cap off the first season. But in hindsight, this is kind of just the way it always was. I mean, it makes sense. This was always just going to be up until the beginning. You were going to get the first shot fired, basically. And then now you got to wait for season two to see the big, the war that's coming, the inevitable conflict, right? Yeah. But all in all, I mean, I thought it was great. I thought it was, uh, yeah, I, I'm very well made. I, I definitely feel the same on a couple of your points there. One, it wasn't exactly what I expected. Uh, it, it, th- this episode was definitely fewer fireworks than I expected. Um, a little more it, tame. It, yeah, a little, like very much just, you know, people kind of sorting out. You mean you nailed it last Sunday when you said that this would be the essentially the you know the mirror episode of 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 nine, which was all about how the what the Greens do in the aftermath of Viserys' death, and and then this one was the the flip. It was the Blacks do what the Blacks do in the aftermath of Viserys' death, and then the the crowning of of Aegon the second. Um, and so it it you know I and then the other piece that I really agree with is like once you think about how this season was basically a setup. A, whole, the, a, a season-long setup for this big war that was happening, then it also does make sense that not much, um, you know, in the in the way of, like, major plot movement or, like, twists and turns, uh, that that stuff is, is, is all, like, still to come, right? We just basically got 10 episodes that put us up onto the precipice of this massive Dance of Dragons, as everybody keeps, um, you know, referring to it, which... Basically means that, like, you know, the, the there's no trying to keep the secret what's happening, right? Like, the dragons are all going to fight each other, and these two people, these it's these two, be a massive war. These yeah. two factions are are, are going to uh, to explode into a to a big time war. 
Um, but yeah, I, I'm I, the. I do think that it's. After watching the finale, I'm now more surprised that they're going to wait as or like that they that they weren't more ready to get in the bag for season two because this is you know you mean to get it out in 2023 yes yeah absolutely because um it, it's it's not that i like i'm fine with the fact that season one was was full setup for the war like that it, it, it's uh you know it could be really cool after we see some of season two to to, to have all of this really like, you know, kind of long backstory and that spanned decades, right? To get us to this point. Um, but like, I'm trying to think, like, I don't think anything in, in, in the original Game of Thrones, I don't think there was ever as big of a cliffhanger of a, for a season ender, right? That makes so you they, wait to see what... Yeah, so they, like, they are really leaving us here right as everything is about to like get real. You I know mean, what I mean? Part of the reason I like it is that it's, I went into the show knowing, okay, there's going to be a war. And then none of that war happened in season one. <laughs> yeah. It was all of, here's why the war happened, right? Yeah. Here's the setup. Here's the big picture moments and the characters that caused this conflict to eventually break out. And so to your point, the new season, season two, it has started production, but they're not expected to finish filming until summer of 2023, Yeah, which is why we probably cannot expect to see House of the Dragon until tw- early, early 2024. 24. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's I, just it, it, that that's a that's a long time. Like like a lot of people. One of the criticisms about this show has been in this season is is that with all the time jumping, you haven't been able to like bond with the characters the same way that you were able to in season sure. one Game of Thrones or, or other similar shows. Um, so it's like if we're we're starting to do that now, now that the characters are all the same, and now that we're not doing those big jumps, and I'm looking, I'm really really looking forward to season two being in a more traditional linear time but you gave me all the backstory which was clearly very important and now i gotta wait 18 months to get the good stuff to get the good stuff and it's a long time to just remember all of this you know what i mean yeah for sure so it's that that's my only like my only kind of like thing having said that i'm glad about two things i'm glad that one the wait will give me a chance to rewatch all this without having to immediately come to a podcast afterwards for sure Uh, (laughs) and then two i'm glad that it will not be uh, no, no more Sunday nights where I got an Austin FC conference semifinal and the Astros in game four and Sunday night football and like, like just having this. Oh, it's f- hell, Barrett. Get, at, getting paid to podcast about a TV show. This, what a fucking brutal life no, you, you have. But okay. What you, you wouldn't enjoy your ha- having your, all your sports on, not at the same time as, as game of Thrones. I, this is a, this is a, a you know, first world problem, but. Well, in our case, it's it's work. But yes, to your point, it is always a pain in the ass when the Sunday night schedule conflicts with the sporting schedule. What but I, that's also just part of being a TV fan. It is, but but okay. Let me uh, let me dial it. My back, point is, you're I, making money and you're a big baby. That yes, okay. So let me dial it back from there. It will be nice to not have as many d- other distractions when you enjoy it a second time through. Is that what you're saying? And for season two. Like oh, I, oh like sure, sure. I always liked Game of Thrones when it came Fingers on. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. What are you it, talking about? When it came on in the summer. Oh, okay. Okay. Because that it's it's like a dead time for everything else. So you can really like that that's like the 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 bit, you know. So because we'll be getting it early twenty twenty four. Most likely twenty twenty three, right? Twenty twenty four, yeah. We'll get it spring twenty four. 
is my is my guess. Which will be a different time frame entirely. Which for will us. be a different time frame entirely, and it'll just be like a it, it it'll be a little bit. The the it it'll just it it will get more of its own. Yeah. You know, its own moment. Not sure, that it, sure. not that there hasn't been a ton of social media and banter and podcasting and everything has still surrounded it. I'm just personally looking forward to it being not in the fall. Is what I'm saying. I'm curious to see how the numbers break down when it's all said and done. Um, this first season of House of the Dragon. It's one of the thing I think one of the things I think we will discuss on Patreon.com/slash Oysters Clams Cockles this week. In addition to the entire first season as on the whole, driven by hotline calls from the Mollusk Militia that is there supporting us on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Um, but yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be a long wait to be sure. One that uh, I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested to see how I feel about that, that time frame Once this show comes up, because I'll say this for the last couple of years, man, they, the things have gone weirdly in terms of how quickly life seems to pass by. Mm. There was a point you know, in the pandemic a couple of years ago where it was the slowest fucking shit I've ever endured. <laughs> yeah. And then now it's like weeks. This is this is the fastest 10 weeks I have ever had, maybe ever. And it's because yeah. I have so much going on. And to your point, we've got the Astros trying to get to the World Series against the Yankees. I have no idea. Do you know what the score is? You got any kind of I, I, I think it's 6-5 Astros, but I'm not, not positive. Um, my wife is pregnant. I just moved. It's been freaking utter chaos. <laughs> and... It ended up being fun because it's like this has sort of served as the anchor to my week. Like the one thing I know I can count on is watching House of the Dragon and then yeah. doing the podcast with y'all. So it's been a blast. But to uh, yes, I absolutely do not want to say that. It, like that. That hopefully nobody took it that way. Like this is it's awesome that we get to do this, and I and and I was I'm very very happy that we are that we are doing it this way to record immediately after and be fresh about it and. And all of that. It's just it. It's a lot. Oh, with, it's a beating with everything else going on. <laughs> uh, and I and you're right. Life never really stops. So I'm sure there will be. There's gonna be something. You know, I'm telling you're, you. You're, you're gonna be trying to go to like you know soccer games or something. Uh, exactly. You know. So well, hopefully it, not Sunday night eight o'clock. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it's a, look. But, uh, I mean, it's not yeah. that bad of a time frame, parents, parenting wise, because the kids are asleep. So you kind of get to do your dirty old adult show yeah. after the fact but in terms of like my sleep schedule this has been ridiculous <laughs> um but i mean this is the first time barrett and i have ever we did we did what three seasons of game of thrones yeah three live and seasons, we yeah. never did it this way where no. we recorded immediately after and it kind of puts a lot of pressure on you to not forget any of the key elements but we had a lot of fun and i got a lot better as the season went on at taking the the, the exact amount of notes i would need to make sure we covered everything um, we really appreciate y'all being here with us. And if you're wondering, like, what do we do next week? Well, first of all, remember, later this week, Barrett and I will be back on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles with further discussion about not only the season finale of season one of House of the Dragon, the Black Council, but also the season uh, on the whole with hotline calls driven by the Mollusk Militia tier of those of you supporting us on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. And if you're like, well, why would I go join now? If you join now, you gain access to our entire backlog of all the hotline calls from all season one long. It's a nice way to support the show. Say thank you to Barrett and I. Support our small business, and Media, and uh, enjoy even more House of the Dragon talk. But of course, Barrett and I will be back later this week. And you immediately gain access to our entire backlog of The Sopranos. If you're like, what do I watch next? The Sopranos. As well as everything else that's on there. I mean, There's so we, much we, stuff we, you and I have been, watched over the years. Yeah, we, We've done Patreon podcasts now for... for Three four, years, three, four, four years. years. So there's just like, I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff. There's tons and tons of backlog, and just for 
one month's payment of Patreon, you immediately get access to the entire catalog, which, that is, is, correct, which sir. is pretty cool. And in addition to, oh, so first of all, The Sopranos podcast is friendly to first-timers and repeat viewers. Barrett was a first-timer. I was a repeat viewer. We kept it clean the whole way through so that you can enjoy the show without it being spoiled for you. Um, it was awesome. We had a great time. It passed a lot of the pandemic. Barrett and I watching The Sopranos together. It's one of my favorite all-time TV shows right up there with Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon now. And in addition to that, next week, White Lotus Season 2 airs on HBO, and as I mentioned and announced on Patreon last week, Barrett and I will be covering Season 2 of The White Lotus. So if you did not watch Season 1, it is only six episodes. It is magnificent. It's glorious. It's funny. It's a little mystery. It's a little bit of everything. A little bit of societal uh, microcosm type of shit going on in there, too. Very funny show. Mike White is the creator, correct? Creator, yeah. Writer, yep. Very good stuff. Really looking forward to season two starting next Sunday, and Barrett and I will be discussing it. Um, and then taking hotline calls on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles to even further discuss it with those of you who want to ride with us there and support uh, support our podcast. A lot to talk about on The White Lotus. It will be a lot of fun. Barrett and I podcasted about season one, um, man, what, a year and a half ago? Yep. Or whenever that was. Yeesh. You can scroll down in the feed and listen to our White Lotus season one episodes if you never did, and join us next week. Here and on Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles for the White Lotus Season 2. Get yourself some merch at BolinMedia.com slash shop. Save a horse, ride a dragon, t-shirts, party like Damon, slay like Rhaenyra, all kinds of good stuff. OCC logo hats and shirts, BolinMedia.com slash shop. Make sure you're on our TikTok, at Oysters, Clams, and Cockles on TikTok. Oysters, Clams, Cockles on Instagram. Clams and Cockles on Twitter. At Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. At WR Bolin on Twitter and Instagram. Listen to the Ross Bolin podcast wherever you listen to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. If you've never watched an episode of our show... You haven't seen Barrett's silver Targaryen hair and my Amond eye patch or Dan <laughs> Crenshaw, depending on what you want to go with. Um, on YouTube, they're all available there for you to watch on YouTube. We had a uh, little over 3,000 people writing with us every week watching our episodes Sheesh. on YouTube. We really appreciate y'all. I tried to go a little bit above and beyond. It's one of the things you can expect to see changes on uh, with our podcast between seasons. I'm going to be investing some more money and energy into making sure that we have a fully optimized YouTube setup with enough cameras and everything to make that work, along with our social media cameras. So, got that to look forward to. Season 2 of House of the Dragon, our YouTube setup will be tight. Which is good. Barrett and I will be back later this week. Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Holler at us on Twitter, on Instagram. Let us know how you felt. Yeah, come get some more content. If there's any week to, to, to hear a second episode, it's this, this, this week. This is the one. Get in there. If, you didn't, if you've never been on our Patreon and you just want to say thank you for the season... That's a great way to do it. Just join, throw five bucks on there, get in the Crustacean Nation. You can listen to all the extra episodes or 10 bucks for the Mollusk Militia. You can watch them all. Join the Discord. Call the hotline for this week's hotline call episode on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. Again, it was a blast. It's been an honor to serve you all. We appreciate you. Everyone in the Clam Fam, Mollusk Militia, Crustacean Nation, be back soon. Season one, it's done. We did it. We did it. We did it. Season one, House of the Dragon. Wow. Wow. I feel really good about it. I'll talk even more. Both of us will, um, I'm sure, about how we felt about the season on the whole on Patreon later this week. And until then, Clam Fam, Valar Morghulis. But both me brothers were soldiers. Mm.